This episode of the Behind the Mask podcast is sponsored by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you know you're getting a real deal. Whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gym, or sneakers and streetwear that make every step feel fly. Remember that first style piece or luxury item you just had to have? How did it make you feel when you finally got it? These days, to know for sure you're getting the real deal, go straight to eBay. When you're searching, just look for that blue check mark. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. That means when you buy it, you can be confident that it's authenticated by real experts. Why is this the new way to shop? eBay is where you can find rare, limited-run pieces and special colorways you can no longer find in stores. Listen, when you're finally ready to buy that thing you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. They're everywhere, and it's real tough to tell the difference for yourself. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, that's easy. So again, look for the blue check mark. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling you get when you put it on is also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know, in today's world... It seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for any unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you will feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Behind the mask. What up, my boy? Good to see you, dog. What's so, What's good, family? Another day in paradise. You know what it is. And it's time for another episode, so we got a conversation we need to talk about. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Two of the all-time greatest goats that goes by the name of Nick Saban, mm -hmm. and also Bill Belichick decided to hang it up. Mm -hmm. They decided to take the whistle off the neck, hang it up on the door, and say, you know what? I'm out of here. Yeah, about to do something else now. <laughs> yeah, they about to do something else for sure. And uh, I think we really should start. Let's start with Bill Belichick first. Mm -hmm. The reason why I say that is because you go back and look in the rearview mirror. 2023, he finished his season with the 4-13 and record. Worst record they had since 1992. Throughout his 24-year tenure at the Patriots, he had 20 winning seasons. The last four has been kind of boo-boo. Won six Super Bowls, straight-up dynasty. He's only a few wins away, reachable wins away, when it comes to setting the all-time winning mark by a head coach. Don Shula holds that record. But I think the most important thing to highlight of what he was able to do throughout his years, 31 playoffs wins, 17 division titles, 11 consecutive straight division titles, which is also a record, Mr. Reyes. I'm against you when he was with the Bills. But yeah, don't even talk about that because <laughs> that, that really hurts. But for me, as I read off all of that, how did it fall off so bad? Yeah. Well, Tom Brady departed. Mm -hmm. He covered up for a lot of what they didn't have. And that's the reason why they pay quarterbacks the money that they do. Why? Because you could take a marginalized player and turn him into a good player, and you could take a good player and help him turn into or develop into a great player. It's only a few generational talents. Right. Cam Newton said that. Right. So you look at what some of the problems were, a decade of draft struggles, not being able to hit 
on the right players. I think about Mac Jones when they drafted him in 21, had a decent rookie year. 22, they decided to do something different. Bill Belichick decided to bring in Matt Patricia and also Joe Judge to lead the offensive side of the football. Now, keep in mind, neither one of them had no NFL experience at leading an offense. It's a tough place to put a young rookie quarterback. Lottery pick, too, also as well. So, for them, the big thing is, is where do they go now? Gerard Mayo, I have my thoughts. I want to get it from you. Why do you feel like it was time for Robert Kraft to move on and say, you know what, let's cut the bait. It's been great while we've been working with each other. Yeah, I think it's been a long time coming, to be honest with you, because some of these things were, or the rumors were kind of rearing their heads when the Patriots were winning, when uh, Tom Brady still was there. But then what would happen? They win another Super Bowl. Talking about is the, the marriage made in heaven between Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, is it coming to an end? Then they win another Super Bowl. But now it's to the point where, like you said, the last four seasons, since Brady left, they haven't even sniffed the playoffs. So when you look at that, and if you were a team owner in your last four years, in today's climate, today's NFL, regardless who the coach is, you're not really contesting to win a division anymore. Things are not looking the same. And you've been there 20-something-plus years. Regardless of who the coach is, you see what they just did with, with Pete Carroll. He won a, a Super Bowl with the Seahawks, took the Seahawks to a second Super Bowl, hadn't won in some time. At what point do you say, you know what? It's probably time that we cut bait. Not only because it's just your head coach, but he's the head coach and general manager. You made the point earlier that he is drafting the players that he's drafting because he's the head coach, but he's also the general manager, right? So all the player personnel, he's responsible for that, as well as all the coaches. So really, when it comes to the struggles, there's nobody else to blame but yourself. And I say that because he's had so much success. I know you mentioned the Super Bowl wins, beat us uh, with the Bills, obviously, beat the Panthers when we went to the Super Bowl. So he has success. Yep. But to me, with that success sometimes breeds content because you get stuck in your ways. You're like, you know what? This is my way. This is the way that's working. And he has a track record that shows it. Would you say 17, 11 straight division titles, yep. 17 division titles overall? Yep. So when you have that type of success, you start to feel this is how things work. It's like the Belichick way. And nobody could check you on it. Well, it, was because called, it, it was called the Patriot the way. The Patriot way, right. But everything worked. So you got a right to feel that way. But when it doesn't work, at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I did my part. And I think what Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick said in the, in the uh, press conference, they said it was an amicable split, amicable split. So I kind of think, you know what? At this point, if I'm Bill Belichick, what else I got to prove? I didn't won all of these Super Bowl rings. You said six with the Patriots. He had another two as an assistant with the Giants. He ain't got nothing to prove to nobody. The stats prove it. The way he's developed players, a Tom Brady proved it. Didn't have the success with Matt Jones, but he ain't got nothing else to prove if you ask me. I wouldn't say he has a lot to prove after you've won six Super Bowl titles. Yeah. Like, you ain't got to go beat on your chest and prove nothing to nobody. But one thing he does have to prove to is he's still a winner without number 12. <laughs> That's what he has to prove. And clearly, you look at the record. In the four years since Tom Brady has departed, the Patriots are 29 and 39. That's including a playoff appearance 
and they lost in the playoff. Mm -hmm. So for me, I can sit up here and say, hey, I got 25 million reasons why he wants to keep coaching there in New England. But I don't even, I truly mean this when I say this. It ain't about the money with him at this point. It might be with Mr. Kraft. It is definitely <laughs> with Mr. Kraft. But it ain't so much about the money. I think as an ultimate competitor mm -hmm. and a person who's always trying to find an edge, which you know that clearly when y'all played against him in the Super Bowl against the Panthers, he's going to make sure he does everything he possibly can Absolutely. to get an edge and also to remain on top to where people can say, you know what, regardless of what, and the motivation may not be to win a Super Bowl, but the motivation, I think, to continue coaching is to show not only did I do it in New England and change this franchise around, I can do it somewhere else, but I got to have the right pieces of the puzzle there. And to see that he only went 29 and 39 yeah. when Brady left, like, that bothers him. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, people like you and I, you got people on other platforms who are saying the same thing. So I think when you talk about having something to prove, I wouldn't say big picture, but I would definitely say this definitely could be a box that I can check off before I leave the game just to shut y'all ass up. Kind of like Kobe did when Shaq left and Kobe got the next ring. That's all I'm saying, bro. That's <laughs> all I'm it. saying. I totally get it. I think... See, the thing is, sometimes, like I said, you got to look yourself in the mirror, right? And if I'm a team owner, I'm Robert Kraft, I'm looking at it like, you know what? This ship has sailed. The marriage is getting rocky. It's not where it was. We're not as successful. Some of the same things that you mentioned, Bill Belichick was still doing. Finding the marginal players, developing them into good players, finding the good players like a Tom Brady, making them, helping them make, become a great player. Mm -hmm. he's not necessarily doing that anymore. And not just that he's not doing it. You got to think, 20-something years in an in organization, if you're doing the same thing, but you're successful, but the game around you is changing and you're not adapting, you're going to get left behind. So some of those players, you're, like, you're not going to find, it's rare that you find a fifth-round pick and they become a Tom Brady. It's so rare. And Belichick was notorious, and you know this from us playing, there were guys like your... No disrespect, like your, your Julian Edelman's, Danny, Danny Amendola, uh, the, the small receivers that, you know, you could just, just chuck it to. The and, shifty and, receivers that the NFL had not been accustomed were, to seeing. And they were otherwise overlooked. Yeah. Other teams would overlook these type of players. Yep. But Belichick and the Patriots actually developed them and helped them become great players in their own right. However, that's not the, necessarily the way of the game anymore. You know what I'm saying? You see the speedy receivers. Look at look at the receivers. Uh, your DK Metcalfs, AJ Browns. Your uh, what's my man from from Minnesota? The uh, Justin receiver. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. You know you, those type of receivers. Those are the big box office receivers. And I say in receivers because it's a passing game, right? Your defense always has to be strong. But Belichick has not drafted that way. Has not hit on the draft that way. And then of course Mac Jones hasn't been successful as a quarterback overall in the NFL, right? So these last four years you're talking about. If I'm any team owner, you said 25 million reasons? Yeah. 25 million reasons. Because he's the head coach and the GM, he gets paid 25 million a year. And y'all not sniffing the playoffs. Are you still going to play your GM and your head coach $25 million as a team owner? Or are you going to say, you know what? It's been great while it lasted. It's time we uh, get ahead and move in another direction. 
valid point. Do you think it was amicable? I, I do, but I do believe Coach Belichick felt differently about it. And the only way he walked out the door, probably not kicking and screaming, is because he's had that title for so long. He's accomplished so much, i.e. six Super Bowl wins, mm. setting the record for playoff wins. Yeah, that's the reason why I think he didn't so much bitch about it walking out the door. I don't know, man. I, I, I believe that. I think with, with the... He's going to come back and coach. Absolutely. And that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. If it was like we talk about Nick Saban, which we'll get to in a second, mm. Nick Saban is like, man, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've gave the game all I can. And that's approved. That ain't with Bill Belichick. That ain't him. Yeah. He feels like he still has something to prove, and that's the reason why. Now, you got a lot of other suitors out there who are talking about he's at the top of the list. You know, one team I think of is right here out of it in Atlanta. Mm. You know, they're one team that's talking about bringing him in. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to have to be, I wouldn't say a perfect situation, but it's gonna, he's going to have to have his hands over that situation. Yeah. Maybe somewhat similar to what he had up in New England. Do you think a team is really willing to give him the reins? They don't even really do that anymore. I think he was one of the only, either one he or was two, the only coach. The only coach, right? Yeah, they don't do that anymore. So that's what I was saying. It seems like the game is starting to pass him by. We, we got players that we know that played for the Patriots and straight up and down. They was like, it's different. Like, you can't scout the same way 20 years ago when you were winning. And don't get me wrong, they literally just won a Super Bowl, what, five seasons ago? Yeah. So, but in that time span, things have been changing. The game is evolving. The game is changing. And again, in my opinion, if you kind of stuck in your ways of what works for us and it no longer works, if you're not willing to change, then the change is going to be around you. And I think that's what's happening up in New England. So, This episode of the Behind the Mask podcast is brought to you by Mickey D's. All the best nights end with a bite from Mickey D's. Whether it's after a game or a night out with the crew, Mickey D's is always the move. My go-to is the spicy crispy chicken sandwich. And you know I gotta have the vanilla milkshake with that. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna make a Mickey D's run right after this episode, and you should too. Everyone's got their own Mickey D's moments. Go on and make some more delicious memories. This is what it is. Well, who should we give more credit to? Yeah, we talked about this a couple of seasons Bill ago. Bill Belichick? <laughs> For the success? Or do we look at... Tom Brady is the real reason why everything landed the way that it did. We we talked about this, I think, season two. Yeah. And I want to say I said, I, I said Belichick. Yeah, then, yeah, right? you did. I said Belichick. You did. Hindsight, you were right. Don't get gas. You were right. I think now, looking back, because Tom Brady won yeah. without Bill Belichick. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, yeah, I can say it was Tom Brady now. Yeah, not, and not even so much just because Brady won a championship when he left. It was more so of, like, look at the body of work in the past four years. Mm -hmm. 29 and 39? Yeah. Like, you haven't even gotten a playoff win. Yeah. So, like, and then this past year, that was the lowest amount of points that they averaged yeah. scoring. And that's unheard of. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, and you go out and you draft key players especially at the quarterback position, Mac Jones, and you still don't get the production and you don't get the development more than anything. So for me, I would be a little concerned if I'm any other GM or owner saying, hey, I want to give you total control, full ownership over everything, full autonomy over everything to allow you to kind of create what you did there. Yeah. 
the, the previous years just don't show it to me. Yeah, I'm not a team owner, but I ain't doing it. It's almost like when we got drafted, they say you got to separate your agent from your financial advisor. Too much control in one particular entity. Nah, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you admitted that. Wish, wish him the best. Like I said, he beat us. Patriots knocked us out of the playoffs when I was with the Jags. Beat us in the Super Bowl. Yo, dude, to me, he ain't got nothing less to prove. He's won. He's successful. If he were to retire today, what you going to say? These last four seasons really impacted his legacy? Nah, that man is a winner. So, got to give him his props. No, the thing no disrespect. That, the thing that I appreciate about him most, playing against him, mm -hmm. it was more so of you don't just show up, get the game plan, and play. Mm -hmm. You had to understand what weaknesses you had as a player what weaknesses you had as a, as a team, and you had to think of it in its totality yeah. and understand how will they attack us. And that was going to be the game plan from Bill Belichick. And I know we talk about Tom Brady, the GOAT, out of him and Belichick or whatever, but point is and point being is this. He put structure in with the Patriots that allow every player or made every player have accountability. You come in the meeting room early in the week, you could be asked a question on Wednesday, first work day of the week. What's the number one run plays? What are the three top passing plays they like to do in third down and second and six? Let's go six to nine. Then let's go 10 yards and plus. If you can't answer that, he is going to embarrass you. Yeah. I salute him for being able to raise the bar in that manner because it allowed everybody to get an opportunity or to see and have that opportunity to say, you know what, this is what greatness or this is what organizational, high organizational skills look like. And if you want to beat us, you better check your own closet because we don't see exactly what you can't do and we are going to unleash it in the first 15 plays. Absolutely. And it, and it worked for so many years. And I think about you, you were going back to the, the Super Bowls and everything. One last thing on, on Bill Belichick, though. I remember back when we were still playing, Towards the end of my career, the homie Derek Burgess went up to, to New England after he led the sacks in Oakland and everything. This is around the time they had Randy Moss up there, too. So imagine you're, he told me this story, imagine you're on the way to practice, right? But a huge snowstorm comes in. So you call to the facility and say, yo, I think we're going to be late because there's a snowstorm. Randy Moss comes in, Belichick pissed, not because he comes in in a snowstorm, but because he's late in a snowstorm. Sends Randy Moss home. Yeah, Derek I Burgess that comes. Was published. Well, I was published. Derek Burgess comes in, barks on him. Burgess, you know him. He like, yo, who the hell you talking to? Well, you can go home. He said, I go. Leaves. So you send two of your all pro Pro Bowl players home because of a snowstorm. And this is back in 2010. Now, can you do that in 2023, 2024? Absolutely, you can. You can as a coach. Yeah, you can. You could do whatever you want. The to. game has changed, bro. The game, especially, you know why he could do it then? Because they were winning. Because they were winning. You just saw Jameis Winston call. They was in victory. <laughs> it was in victory. And he called the, uh, the running back, called the play for the running back to score his first touchdown of the year, Williams. Why? Because they were losing. When you're losing in this climate, in today's NFL, you can't do that. You can't, yo, players have so much more power today in the NFL. Nah. You can't do that, man. You can't send nobody home because of a snowstorm, bro. Your voice is louder. But can they do it? Absolutely they can. 
I just and, I, and I and I don't I don't I'm just speaking in terms of I don't know whether or not if I wasn't there. Right. So I can't fully commit and say side of the story. Right? Yeah, you know, I'm saying there's three sides to a story. But I just think some of those fundamental lessons of not waiting to the last minute, knowing that we're living in a living in an area to where we get these hard snowstorms. I remember when we were in Buffalo, you and I, it was one time you're not, you don't know how much snow gonna hit the ground. Right. You and you may get 24 hours to know it's coming so with the lake effect. Early, yeah, yeah. So the coaches will always say, look, guys, don't be trying to time it and get the last 10, 15 minutes of sleep. Make sure you look at the news the night before. We'll do our best to send stuff out, but it's on you to get there early yeah. enough. So I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying the principles of it. If I can be here on time, you can too. I get it. That's exactly what, what, what Belichick said too. That's why he, he said them all. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. But you salute to a, a hell of a career with the Patriots, uh, what he's done so far. I know it's going to be much success, whatever he decides to do. But another coach we talked about, man, another coach just like the Super Bowl ran through New England in the NFL. Shit. My entire year career, your most of your career, yeah, the same thing in college of the last what decade and change. The Natty ran through your rival. I know you're gonna be not like to talk about this, but Why, are you kidding me? Alabama and Nick Saban, man, had to go through Nick Saban, and Alabama to get to the national championship. Yeah, so talk about Nick Saban, man. <sighs> Salute to Nick Saban. Right, being a recipient on the other side as a fan of my alumni, mm -hmm. well, I'm an alumni, but of my team, you don't like it. Guess who else didn't like it? You asked, you was right in line behind me. <laughs> Ole Miss, LSU, none of us liked it. Yeah. So I can truly say salute to the GOAT. Mm -hmm. When he retired, I got calls saying that people was, I don't know if this is true or not. I hope not, but I understand yeah. it if it happens. They were wrapping Tuma's corner with toilet tissue, <laughs> tradition known right. in Auburn after you go out and you win a game. But they know since the GOAT has retired, hey, man, we got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> we got a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there is a chance. <laughs> nah, but no, salute to him, man. You look at his body of work, nine SEC titles, mm -hmm. six championships, this just alone at Alabama in 12 years. 49 first-round draft pick, man. Crazy. It, throughout his entire college career. Like, he is the epitome of, I'm going to go out and I'm going to evaluate and find the right players. That's mm -hmm. one thing. I'm going to go out and create and establish a relationship with the right players. Then, once I bring them in and get them signed, I am going to develop the players. You remember yeah. once upon a time, Nick Saban, Nick Saban never played freshmen. Right. right. He would get them in, develop them, and by the time they get ready to come out into the draft, that's the reason why people love Nick Saban players. You knew you were going to get a tough player. You knew you were going to get a smart player. And you knew you were going to get a fundamentally sound player. That was pro-ready. That was already pro-ready. And so when you look at his body of work and everything that he was able to do, I have to commend him on it. 
I think it's remarkable looking at him being able to come in and win the natties. Mm -hmm. Just at his Alabama tenure, mm -hmm. the dominance, looking at all of the teams, all of the players that he brought along. And I got to give him credit where credit is due. He did it when Alabama wasn't Alabama. Yeah. We went through a four-year streak. We, meaning Auburn, beat Alabama four years in a row. They brought Saban over from LSU. And to see him build that university, to see him build that team into a perennial powerhouse like they are today is remarkable. So not only do I take yeah. my hat off to him, but a piece of me in the inside is throwing the tissue at Tuma's corner. <laughs> Like, I'm sick of his ass. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> Listen, man, it, he, you got to give you respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, people love to hate Nick Saban, and then they hated the fact that they loved him because everybody loves a winner, right? You love, the, you love everybody a winner? Everybody loves a winner. He had the success. Like you said, seven national championships, six with Bama. I look at the players you talk about that he developed, four Heisman Trophy win winners, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Smith in, um, in Philly, receiver Smith, and um, Bryce Young. Yep. So Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith, yeah, Devontae Smith. So countless other NFL players. Watching Nick Saban coach in the SEC, we both, as you mentioned, former SEC players, you always knew, and in the West, you always knew you had to go through Alabama to make it to the SEC championship. Facts. To hopefully play against the East that, let's be clear, it was the East was weak for a long time. Now, weak meaning that they weren't representing the SEC in the national championship, right? So because it was always a rotation. So recently it was Georgia, but then it was Florida for some years. Um, couple Back in other previous years. Yeah, yep. previous years. But Bama was always the constant. You had to go through Bama to get to the national championship, right? And I just look at all the players he's developed, like you said. I look at the coaching tree. So many coaches under Nick Saban have moved on to be head coaches at other universities. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. Um, but you can go down the list. And then... Also moving on to, to the pro level, like whatever he established at Alabama was success and it was proven and it worked. The coaches made it to the league, players made it to the league, and they all have had success, man. Yeah, like, even this coaching tree. The coaching tree as is you, crazy. As you mentioned. Crazy. So I think about that, and I got my opinion, but with all of that success, similar to a Bill Belichick, for so long, why do you leave? Just won a natty a couple years ago. What's the purpose? Like, why, why up and leave? Now, I got my opinion, but I'm interested in hearing yours, man. I think it was Coach Saban was just, he had gotten to a point to where he was sick and tired of the rules or the lack thereof when it comes to the NIL. Mm. And this was one of the years to where I can truly say, watching him coach, and go about his daily or weekly routine. In previous years, he would be in like very bad moods. Mm -hmm. Also go off on some reporters for asking questions that we thought was a good question. He may deemed it as a dumb question, but he had, he displayed a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that, and he alluded to it was just simply due to the NIL. Well, what particular in the NIL? players having the opportunity or the ability to, to negotiate when they haven't done anything on a college level. Mm -hmm. So really they're coming in entitled. 
Now, yeah, you earned the position as a high school player to be picked. I get you with that. But what burnt him up was the playing field has been leveled. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I just can't go in and say, hey, I can get you and bring you in and listen, look at my track record. I can get you to the league and have you a first-round pick as a DB. You know what? Well, Coach, I hear what you're saying, but this school over here is offering me 400000 <laughs> yep. Yesterday's price is not today's price, Coach. Right, right. I'm going to need 550 out of you, and then we can, we can have a deal. Mm-hmm. That didn't work too well with Saban. Yeah, Why? School. He's old school. Why? Because the proof is in the pudding. He felt like Six-time national champ. I've won all of these SEC championships. I even have my players, when it comes time for them at the end of the year to go to a bowl game, they still play for me, i.e. Bryce Young, Will Anderson. All of my guys still play for me. Why? Because they know I have their best interests at heart, and that's the type of relationship that we have. Now, all of that has been severed. Because of the NIL deal, other teams have the same opportunity to get the bag, go in and drive the price up. And you know what? Alabama ain't the only place that I can go to the league. I can go to an Auburn and get be compensated for it. Mm -hmm. Send some money back home. So I I thought that really played a big factor into him retiring just because it's different. You can't have the college recruiting system on autopilot. Every day is going to be something new, whether or not a high school kid wants more money because a rival in-conference team wants to compete. And also, it's almost like you have to date your players. Even (laughs) your current players that's on the roster. With them, you may be paying a guy and another guy is jealous. Coach, I had a good game, and I'm overplaying him. But you're paying him more money, and he ain't going out here producing. So now you got to date this player and convince him, hey, we still love you, but this is just the economics of the game. Well, that ain't what I'm getting in my Twitter. Somebody (laughs) telling me, hey, I can go over here and get this amount of bread. So I just think, man, at this point in his life, we talk about what do you have left to prove? Absolutely nothing when it comes to Nick Saban. He's gave us everything that we needed to see, and we salute him. Yeah, absolutely. We salute him. And and I think similarly to uh, Bill Belichick, I think you talk about the NIL and another thing, the transfer portal. I think these are some of the things that have happened outside of the program that because they've had the mystique of Alabama, because he's had the every Under Armour All-American, every high school All-American, they announced where they're going. Everybody was four-star, five-star player excited to go to Bama. You just assume that they were going to go to Alabama, right? So with that being the new, the routine, the norm, and it's starting not to happen anymore, Georgia's starting to, to get some of those four or five-star players, Auburn, Ole Miss, because of these NILs. And then even if the players do come, I think of, you, you talked about all the players that would stay there and participate in the bowl games at Alabama. I look at the players that say, you know what? I'm not starting anymore or I'm waiting my time. I look at a Jalen Hurts. He lost his starting job, right? To tour, and what did he do? Transferred out. Yep. Went to Oklahoma. Your former starting quarterback. So the college football landscape now, you don't have to sit there and wait a couple of years for Nick Saban to say, "Okay, you're ready to play." 
like you said, with the NIL transport, you can get up out of there, go somewhere else, and still get your bag, still get some playing time, still make the league. One of the dopest things I heard, and I don't know if it's true because I've never been there, but one of Nick Saban's uh, recruiting tactics is when players came on a visit to Alabama, you know how you have the players that make it to the NFL from your university, your alma mater, and you know you may have a name, you might have a picture or whatever. Right. He would have signing bonuses of uh, the first round draft picks. The signing bonuses, bro. So if you're a 17, 18-year-old kid coming in Tuscaloosa and you see, you know, three, four years, 20-something, 30 million, whatever it might be, you like, yeah, I'm signing. Hell yeah. I'm, what? I'm, you mean I'm to going. Tell me three years, this is what I'm this gonna, I'm gonna get? get? And that's what they're selling at Alabama. However, after you get there and you got another four or five-star recruit that just came in and you like, damn, I'm, I'm second, third string on the depth chart and just a year ago, I was the number one quarterback in the country. Let me check on this Twitter and see what what these are. What, what they saying. Here. Yeah, and I'm out of here. You get up out of there. So I just think, to your point, the game's changed a little bit. And because, again, success breeds content, you stuck in your ways, trying to teach your old dog new tricks. And he don't got nothing to prove, just like Belichick didn't have nothing to prove. It's like, yo, I'm going to do it my way. And I guess his way is saying, you know what, I'm good with it. And he had the success, made a ton of money. Got to take your hat off, because, again, we had struggles at Ole Miss beating him. I promise that the couple of years we beat Alabama, we thought it was a damn national championship for us. <laughs> so I know the feeling, you know what I mean? But when you got coaches like that that have done so much for the game and helped so many players develop into professional players and young men that you just got to take your hat off, like you said, bro. It's, it's nothing negative to say. Hell, they're doing their thing and they continue to do, do their thing. And there's so many people that still would love to be in this place. So many other coaches had opportunities from a Nick Saban to make it as a head coach at other universities or be coaches in the NFL. So I ain't getting no complaints out of me, man. He did his thing. Yeah, yeah. he did his thing. And yeah. I'm glad he going too. So Ole Miss could get, get up there in that West and you know what I'm saying? The way we looking right now, coming fresh off that Peach Bowl victory. You know, we might have opportunity to get ahead and represent the West in that SEC. You're right. Heard? But I tell you what, did you get that memo that Quinshawn Jenkins is at Ohio State now? Yeah, That's all I'm that. saying, bro. We ain't worried about that. That's all I'm saying. Y- Ulysses Bentley, we good, yo. We straight. Are you feeling certain Next. type of way? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we good, man. The game keep moving. You know what I'm saying? It does. You know how it is. If somebody what, what, what Lane Kiffin say, catch and release. Catch and release, yo. <laughs> catch and release. That's what it's about. But that's the game today. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure we took... Maybe we need to talk about that in, in uh, the next show, man. Talk about this college football... The landscape, the, the NIL, portal, the portal, how yeah. it affects guys. Yeah. I think we should. If it got Nick Saban up out of there, then we damn sure should. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I do want to end on this. Probably one of the best quotes that I've heard about Nick Saban, not heard, but heard him say, he has a high standard for success. Mm-hmm. And his thing was, mediocre people hate high achievers and high achievers hate mediocre people. So it goes to let you know, man, the standard is the standard. And Nick Saban was always relentless in his pursuit of excellence. He never got bored with the process, and he always found a way to keep it interesting for his guys. Best thing, I remember talking with a lot of guys that played for him, even guys who just be there who go to practice and alumni in particular, they say he's not afraid to call people out. And it's not so much attacking you and trying to kill your confidence. But if I can't address this issue to you, some of the same things that Bill Belichick does, 
how is it possible for you to get better? Yeah. If you can't handle constructive criticism, what are we doing here? Yeah. We just over here throwing softball or just, let me align, let me set you up to get you a massage therapist because all of these pats on the back that I'm giving you, good job. So I appreciate that about him. So salute, Coach Saban. Salute. Well, we ain't going to say Bill Belichick yet because he will be back, Coach. There it is. Behind the mask.